0: You are listening to the 1% Christian, the daily Bible study where we get together for 1% of our day. We study God's word and then we head out to the remaining 99% to do something amazing with this life that God has given us. I am Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. I invite you to check us out at soh.church. Download our mobile app. Join our online community. There's a digital Bible on there that you can use and ton of great resources and if you're listening anywhere where you get your podcasts like share subscribe turn on your notifications just do that right now just hit the subscribe button and uh, make sure you leave a five-star review and a and a good uh review there as well if you can put some words in people read that stuff and be getting some real good ones as of late and it just warms my heart but more important than making me feel Real good to be a part of what God is doing here. Uh, People read that and uh, they get intrigued to join us. And I am just so happy that this study is blessing people. We are continuing through Matthew chapter 12. And uh, we're going to start with verse 22. I'm actually going to back up a little bit to where we were yesterday. In Matthew 12, we see the persecution of Jesus ratcheting up, getting a lot of accusations thrown his way first, why he is... Uh, picking grain on the Sabbath, being accused of breaking the Sabbath. And then yesterday, we read how they tried to trap him to get him to heal somebody on the Sabbath and uh, basically break the law in their own eyes. Jesus, in both cases, and we'll see him do it again, It puts it right back on the religious leaders that are trying to accuse them and makes them look, uh, for lack of better terms, silly because they didn't have an answer for what he had to say, their answers seem to always be, let's go somewhere and figure out how we can destroy this guy. And doesn't that sound like the uh, broken human condition that we see so often in our society of, hey, this person disagrees with me or I disagree with them and they must be evil and uh, they must be destroyed. Imagine the concept that we can actually disagree and have conversations. And that kind of brings me to what I want to hit on before we get into today's study, because we capped it off with uh, Isaiah's words, talking about Jesus, how God spoke through him hundreds of years before about the Messiah, that this would be the chosen one, that he would be well pleased, that he would put his spirit in him, and that he, Jesus, would proclaim justice to the Gentiles. That he wouldn't quarrel or cry out, and we see that here. Jesus could have act, acted uh, aggressively toward these men that were trying to trap him, but he does not. It says nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. For, that's uh, verse nineteen. But I just want to hit on this really quick. Uh, verse twenty: A battered reed he will not break off; a smoldering wick he will not put out. And these are two things. Th- th- these two. Sentences are something that we could read through and say, oh, that's poetic and just move on. But sometimes we got to stop and say, well, what does that mean? What, what are we talking about here? What are you talking about, prophet? Well, the prophet Isaiah was talking about, you know, a, a battered reed, a broken reed, something that is damaged, right? It's a, it's a plant. It's a, it's a stem that is damaged. A smoldering wick. Right? A candle is only good for one thing, really, and that's the light. If the wick is smoldering and it's no good, then the candle's no good. But it says, a battered reed he will not break off, and a smoldering wick he will not put out. And if we look into this for really what it means, it means that our God is actually a gentle God. And I bring this up because so many of us, we look in the mirror and we see a damaged person. And that may be true in some ways. You know, we're all kind of broken in areas that need fixing. But where we go wrong is when we think that God, that Jesus somehow wants to throw us away, wants to break us even further, chuck us out of here because of our mistakes, because of our damaged areas. It's not the case. It is not the case. And that, that is what I'm hoping that we're learning as we're reading this nice and slow is that Jesus heals, Jesus restores. And I didn't know how I was going to get into this conversation, but at the time of this recording, there is just absolute atrocities going on in the nation of Israel and it is very hard to watch. I preached last Sunday, and it was kind of fresh, right? I try to keep myself away from a lot of things the night before that I preach because, you know, I just don't want to be distracted. I don't want to be focused. So I actually started off with a quick prayer for Israel, and then I went on with my message, and, and I, I just didn't maybe totally comprehend at that time how serious this all was. And uh, this is what I'll say, and I'll probably release more, on this topic um, over the next couple of days. Cause I don't think that we can, we can ignore it. It's there It's a major thing in this world. But the reason why I bring this up here is because you are going to, you are going to hear from the media, from people on all sides of this, really all sides of this think and believe that they are on the side of God. I mean, right, wrong or indifferent. We know what the terrorists believe, but you're also going to hear things like God is the God of vengeance, striking vengeance on lands and things like that. And I just would ask you that when everybody, anyone makes a comparison to God, that you would say, I love the way Dr. Matthew Hester puts it. He just put out a a great, actually, I'm going to share it. I'm going to share it on my Facebook page. He put out an awesome episode of his, uh, The Kingdom is for Everyone. And he says, if the God being presented doesn't look like Jesus, then it's, I'm probably paraphrasing quite a bit, then it's not the true God being presented. Now, there may be characteristics, but you're going to hear that there is somehow a godly vengeance coming down upon people. And this is a bad bad situation. I totally get that. But I would just ask you to compare anything that anyone says to what you have been learning about Jesus and how God deals with us. And yes, you're not a murderer. Yes, you're not any of these things that we're talking about on the news. You and I are imperfect and we are broken in ways that only God can heal. And we go back a couple of, a couple of chapters here and actually go back just a couple of verses, technically, a couple of days of our study. And Jesus himself says, I desire compassion, not sacrifice. Scripture also tells us he desires mercy over judgment. Now, I'm not sitting here and saying, making declarations on what anybody should do in any given situation. Not here, not now. We have a study ahead of us right now. But all all I'm saying is, as the church, to make sure that we're not sitting here and cheering on, I, I almost hear a jovial spirit. And for those that think this is more than just evil, that's what it is. See, what happens when we allow evil to take over? When we allow evil to operate, bad things happen. And I just want to make sure as a church, we're not sitting here cheering on the situation. Because I promise you that God is not cheering this on. God is not cheering on the death of anybody in war everybody loses and god despises the loss of innocent life and my heart is broken for the families in israel and my heart is broken for the people that will die because of this because god loves every single one of them And God's heart is broken for the child that gets slaughtered. And it's hard for us to wrap our head around. But God's heart is even broken for the person that is so deceived that they think that they can carry out something that disgusting. So as ambassadors for him here on this earth, I just ask that we take into consideration the true nature of Jesus. Because there's going to be a lot of people that are looking to represent God and God's intentions. And I ask as we continue these studies that you would just take note of God's nature. Jesus' nature. Because Jesus' nature is God's nature. Everyone in the Old Testament was waiting for a warrior king, a warrior messiah to come and kill and destroy the oppressors. In Rome. And when Jesus showed up, he was saying, Love your neighbor as yourself. Bless those who persecute you. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Not quite the warrior king that everybody expected. In the book of Revelation, it talks about the only one being worthy to unlock the seals and pointing to Jesus. And when The vision of him is uncovered. It's a lamb that was slain. Jesus wasn't great because he came and destroyed. We see the true agape love of God, the greatness of God, in the fact that he was willing to pour himself out for us. So I just ask you to meditate on that as we go. Now, got a good bit here. I know I took a few minutes on that. So let me move this along. Um, we'll probably continue to hit on this as, as things develop. I don't want to make this a news source for you. But I do think that we need to um, get some perspective with what's going on in the world if we're going to be effective in this world, right? If we're going to take the 99% and do something amazing with it, uh, we've got to prepare ourselves to go out the front door and, um, you know, be God's hands extended. So verse 22, it says, then there was brought to him a man who was demon-possessed, who was blind and dumb, and he healed him, so that the dumb man spoke and saw. This man couldn't see, and this man could not speak. And all the multitudes were amazed and began to say, this man cannot be the son of David, can he? So starting to point out, starting to put things together. The blind see, the lepers are healed. The dead rise. The deaf can hear, the dumb can speak. I think I said that already. but And then, of course, here come the Pharisees. They, when they heard it, they said, This man casts out demons only by Beelzebul, the ruler of demons. And knowing their thoughts, he said to them, Any kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and any city or house divided against itself shall not stand. And if Satan casts out Satan, he's divided against himself. How then shall his kingdom stand? And if Bezebel cast out demons, by whom do your sons cast them out? Consequently, they shall be your judges. Let's back up for a second here. Jesus makes the statement, any house, any kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. It will be laid waste. That's just logic there. If a house is against itself, it cannot operate. In the way it should so what they were saying was ridiculous demons don't cast out demons and if verse 26 if Satan casts out Satan he's divided against himself how then shall his kingdom stand Bezebel if he cast out demons by whom do your sons cast them out check this out the Jewish believers had their own exorcists. So Jesus, here again, puts it right back on them. Okay, so if I cast out by demons, who do you cast out by? God? Follow me here. Because their exorcists were not very effective. There were plenty of lepers. People were dying and not coming back. There was tons of demon-possessed people, blind people. Yet everybody that Jesus came across got healed. Look at that. So what the Pharisees would have to admit here is that they, who allegedly cast out these things by God, were incredibly ineffective. But here's this demonic carpenter walking around, casting out these things and doing it with 100% accuracy, not dropping the ball one time, major problem, not for Jesus, not for the disciples, but for the Pharisees, and Jesus puts it all in the perspective here. He says, but if I cast out demons by the spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can anyone enter the strong man's house and carry off his property unless he first binds the strong man? He will then plunder his house. Jesus closes this all out by making the statement, I cast them out by the spirit of God. And what we're going to get into tomorrow is something that a lot of Christians you know, stay up at night and worry about that you shouldn't. We'll get into it in a second. We're going to talk about the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. But here's where we end today. Jesus says, how can anyone enter the strong man's house and carry off his property unless he first binds the strong man? Jesus is saying, I am stronger than Satan. I am stronger than anything that is not of God, that anything that raises itself up against the majesty of God. Jesus is saying, I am stronger than the strong man. And when I come in, anything that's evil, I will plunder. Again, how does God plunder evil? Come in and smash it, come in, destroy it, come in and kill people. No, the same God that does not break off the bruised reed and does not Uh, snuff out the wick you and me even though we're, we're not as bad as some maybe he does it with love he does it with sacrifice he does it with truth he does it with transformation that is the God that we serve but what he does with these things is he binds the strong man and it clears them out. That's what we need to do with the power of God, with the kingdom of God in this generation. We need to be like Jesus, binding the strong men. Even in our life, the things that we think are so strong, things that we think we can't handle, we got to let Jesus handle it. That thing that you say, I'll never get rid of this. No, no, no. You just call on your big Lord and Savior. Let him come in and change those things. Because these Pharisees asked him, by what spirit do you just said, by the Spirit of God. And there's going to be some things in your life that the only way, the only way you get past it is when you let the Spirit of God move. And that's what I'm declaring over you in Jesus' mighty name. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, let everyone listening to the sound of my voice declare today that you are stronger than any adversary in our life. That we trust you. That we go into today confident, Lord, knowing that you are with us. That you are gentle to handle us in our most vulnerable areas and you're strong enough to wipe out any evil that is both in this life and in our life. Father, we pray for those who are suffering in this world today, and we pray for your peace that surpasses all understanding, to sweep this world and change it for you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. I'm Pastor J.D. Ambrosio, Sound of Heaven Church. You're listening to The One Percent Christian. I will see you tomorrow. Love you guys.